We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Silvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Bye, fans. For fans, go magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are listening to the Six Man Show. Today is April 24th, 2023. I'm producer Kevin. I'm joined by Luke Sylvia. No Jonathan today, Luke. What what's going on, man? No Jonathan. He uh, he said it on Twitter today. He's been sick this week, and it all came to fruition here uh, today <laughs> with with just a double pink eye case. Oof. So uh, feel sorry for him. Um, would rather be us. And uh, I'm glad that you know you guys are tuning into this one. If, if this is only the second time, I think Kevin that you and I have tag teamed an episode. It's true. So. I'm I'm excited for it. I'm excited. I I, I love talking to Jonathan every week, but it, yep. you know, adding a wrinkle every now and then is never a bad thing. Not a bad thing at all. Obviously, we hope Jonathan gets better. That is zero fun. Not one, but two pink eye, especially after it has already gone through at least some of his family, some of his household. So not mm-hmm. a fun time. But Jonathan, hope you feel much better soon, and we'll we'll look forward to having you back on Thursday's show. In the meantime, Luke, it's been a wild. Uh, start to the NBA playoffs. I guess we're at a week now. You know, last mm. Sunday the 16th is when it when it tipped off. And man, I have been enjoying these games every single night. There's always been something fun to watch. Um, <laughs> Eastern Conference, Western Conference, take your pick. Some some of the the series have been snoozers. Obviously, you had the sweep. You know, Philadelphia sweeping Brooklyn. But what have been some of the things that you've enjoyed seeing so far? What series have you enjoyed kind of watching? Um, I mean, there's always the the drama between Dylan Brooks and LeBron and <laughs> LeBron trying to, you know, act like it's not a big deal. And right. he literally cuts net, you know, the interview short, but then goes on to confront Dylan Brooks. It seems yeah. uh, before the last game, which had everybody, the clip was everywhere. And we, the funny thing is we have no idea what was said, but none. I didn't even know. It looked like they might have been joking around at one point, and then near the end, I was like, "Oh, maybe they're not." And then LeBron in the post game talks about how he takes care of business publicly or something like that, right? And he said everybody saw it. I was like, "Oh wow, you that okay?" So it wasn't nice things at all being said in that conversation. I don't think. And then they go on to you know the Grizzlies go on to score nine points, yeah, in the first quarter. So making you know the the Cavs who scored 79 points the night before look like the the 96 Bulls like yep. they so and then they rallied I mean it ended up you know not looking as bad as it was like I think right. the Lakers won by like 10 or 11 yeah but that series has been a lot of fun just for the dramatics uh Kings Warriors a lot of fun so Cavs fun. Knicks uh we knew those two series or at least like we suspected that those two series would be what would you know what they could be and they've kind of exceeded expectation for me solely the Knicks series is because i didn't expect the Knicks to go up 3-1 yeah by any stretch i figured it might be 2-2 after four games um maybe they still won here and there and and, and make it 2-2 i figured the series could you know end up going six or seven just like everybody else but it it might only go five it's crazy 
I, I can't believe it. Um, those would have been kind of my the series. I feel like everybody's watching, but have there uh, any of those that, that you want to add to? Well, yeah. I mean, the first thing I want to go back to the LeBron thing. Like LeBron has mm-hmm. been doing this for so long. You know, what is this? Mm-hmm. Uh, what year are we? 2023. 20? So this is, yeah, you're 20, right? Yeah. Or year 19, whatever it 20 is. 20 or 21. Yeah. Playoffs, I guess it's been 19 years of playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. You would think after this long, people would learn to keep their mouth shut. Like why of all the bears that you could poke, why would you poke LeBron? You know what I'm saying? It's just, it. I, I don't understand. Cloud chaser. It, yeah, I mean the the Grizzlies team is so full of clowns, man. I mean, there's just there's just a bunch of crazy people. Uh the other series, like you said, I mean Sacramento Golden State was the one I had my eye on the most coming into the, the postseason. And it has delivered. It has been so much fun. So much even even today, as we're recording this on Sunday, that game coming down to the wire. Warriors had the game in the bag. Stephen Curry calls the timeout, you know, the Chris Weber timeout that doesn't exist. And then the Kings have a chance to win it at the buzzer. Man, that that was insane. But yeah, the Knicks, the fact that the Knicks are going to have three chances to go to the, the the second round. They've got three elimination, well, Cavs have three elimination games. That I never saw that coming. Never saw that coming. I figured it'd be close, but yeah, Knicks it, fans going crazy. It is absurd that there is a reality where the next round is Heat-Knicks. Oh, so both yeah. of the... the this, worst seeded teams of the matchups right the miami being eight they get a very fortunate blow to milwaukee as Giannis is out the worst they're up two one as we're recording right they're up two one new york's up three one philly obviously sweeps brooklyn and then boston honestly right now is in kind of a a close game with the hawks as the series is you know boston's up two one right now uh, no, actually, they're up eight with a minute 20. So it looks like they'll come out of that one. But you yeah. got to think the winner of that Boston-Philadelphia series probably feels pretty good about their chances of making it to the NBA Finals at that point. 100%. And yep. I, I hope that it ends up being a, a good you know, matchup regardless. I don't want a snoozer of an Eastern Conference Finals by any means. Yeah, I, yeah, I was going to mention that. It's freaking Miami, man. I can't stand the fact that this is the hand they've been dealt. Man, I mean, mm-hmm. just... I hope Giannis comes back. Obviously, it's no secret on this show. We can't stand Miami. We want them to lose. So Giannis going down. I I thought the Bucks, even without Giannis, would still be good enough to beat the Heat. Yeah. Now, I didn't think they'd sweep him without Giannis, but I did not expect them to go down as they are right now without him. So mm-hmm. hopefully he comes back in game four and they can, you know, fix this, this wrong and make it right, you know. So we'll see. We'll see how that shakes out. But another thing that we have to wait and see how it shakes out is our big NBA draft lottery watch party, and it is right around the corner, folks. May 16th at 7 p.m. in Orlando, downtown Orlando. Again, location still up in the air. We're working on some things, and if those things work out, it's going to be fun. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. You definitely you know, want to be a fly on the wall for that one. Don't want to miss that. It's going to be packed out. Uh, like we said on multiple episodes now, we've got hundreds of people RSVPing. We never, never know what could happen. The Magic are going to sit with a 9% chance at the lottery, or at, at, sorry, at number one overall pick. You never know. You never know, Luke. Yeah, we'll see. I hope you guys are uh, are willing to show out for that. I know we've, like you said, got tons of RSVPs. We're going to talk about some some things in this episode, Kevin, as you guys have read the title of the episode or the description. We're going to kind of, you know, go through the bigger games, the ones that we hold near and dear to our heart. And uh, we'll have some opportunities to talk about watch parties and just how much fun that they've been. And hopefully kind of, you know, give you guys a little bit more motivation to to show up and and create these. Because the thing is, Kevin, like, yes, there is a world where the Bulls stay at 11, the Magic stay at six. Guaranteed still going to have a good time. Yep, 100%. There's also a world, Kevin where the Bulls stay at 11, we get that pick, and the Magic drop into the top four. Mm-hmm. And the last scenario I'll run by you, Kev, Bulls stay at 11, the Magic get the number one pick. Whew. Why would you not want to be a part of that potential outcome? It's only Absolutely. a 5% difference between this year and last year when it comes to landing that number one overall pick. Why can't it happen? I don't know, but I, I hope that everybody shows up. Absolutely. And I just, I can't, this cannot be overstated. 
if that were to happen, you do not want to be the person <laughs> that was sitting on your couch at home by yourself, drinking a YooHoo with some Oreos or whatever. I mean, that's that's a good time. Who am I kidding? YooHoo and some Oreos. That's a good time. But you do not want to be the person that misses out on this watch party. Because if this happens, that place is going to go bonkers and you will you will live with regret for the rest of your life. I don't want to guilt trip you, but I'm guilt tripping you, okay? So definitely yes. be there. I'm going to be there. Luke will be there. Jonathan will be there. All kinds of other things happening that night. Giveaways, trivia, games. Uh, it's going to be fun. So again, May 16th, 7 p.m. Definitely don't want to miss that. It's going to be 100% chance of a good time, no matter how it goes. 100% sure. chance of a good time. Okay, like you mentioned, Luke, season is over. At least the Orlando Magic season is over. A season of a lot of highs and lows, a lot of ups and downs. Started down, had some highs along the way, though. Uh, we thought it'd be fun to go through and think through this season and think about some of our favorite moments. Now, there's a ton. There are so many other games we could have picked, so many other moments that we could have picked, but we picked five, okay, in no particular order. But some of the moments that stood out to us as really special, as really fun, as really entertaining, whatever it might be. Um, so I'm looking forward, Luke, to going through these with you. First, though, we did uh, have a chance to pick some honorable mentions. We each picked one, and all the f- the top five that we we're going to talk about later were all wins. But we thought there were a couple honorable mentions, games, moments that were really fun, but ended up as as an Orlando Magic loss. So we're going to talk about a couple of those first. So let's talk about these honorable mentions, Luke. The one that I picked uh, was maybe the most fun game of the season, even though it ended up as a loss, at least to me. It was an absolute mm-hmm. blast. It was the home game against the Sacramento Kings. Now, I don't need to remind you of the road game against the Sacramento Kings because that was more like on the dishonorable mention list. That was when <laughs> the Kings set their franchise record for threes in a game. That was awful. That was zero, zero fun. But this game at home uh, against the Sacramento Kings was so much fun. Magic uh, had a lead, 20-point lead at one point in this game. And then, of course, the Kings clawed back. I was looking back at this this game Luke and we'll talk about the end of the game in a second but the mat I didn't realize I had forgotten this the magic shot four of 23 from three for 17 percent and yet still took the game to overtime and spoiler alert lost at the buzzer but man four of 23 from three that's a mess let's talk about the end of this game though mm-hmm. great game 20 point lead Kings come back but this is where it gets crazy the game is in the fourth quarter and Again, a game you probably shouldn't have won in the first place, at least had a chance mm-hmm. to win, shooting four of 17 from three. But you have a four-point lead with 59 seconds to go. Man, you're feeling okay, right? Four-point lead, that's good enough. It's not. De'Aaron Fox goes off. He has hits two free throws, and then hits a two to tie it up. Game goes to overtime after Jalen Suggs misses a three at the buzzer. Overtime. Oh my goodness. Overtime is where it gets crazy, right? This is where the Kings go up as many as six in overtime, including where, where was their latest six point lead? Their latest six point lead was with 54 seconds left. They had a six point lead. Long story short, the magic come clawing back. They get into a free throw battle and, and, and make the Kings pay uh, as far as that, that battle goes. And then it gets crazy because this is where uh, Chuma Okeke gets the, the dunk after the steal. And so the mm-hmm. game is tied 123, 123. The place is going crazy. What a comeback by the Magic. Then De'Aaron Fox does what De'Aaron Fox ended up doing all season long, where he comes down to the other end, makes the long range 32 footer at the buzzer to beat the Magic in overtime 126, 123. Just an insane game. That was my honorable mention game because uh, it was insane, but unfortunately, De'Aaron Fox, you know, crushed the spirit of the Orlando Magic that night. Yeah, and I think that there, there's a couple things in this game that, like, maybe people forget. There's some things that get overshadowed by Paolo um, going crazy for for us in this game. Yeah. And it, going crazy for us in this game. And that, listen, man, this is one of the early games of the season. This is, oh, we get a peek behind the curtain of what Paolo can do for this team long term. Mm. And you get his 32 points. But I think what overshadows this, um, what, what what gets overshadowed in this game, Franz Wagner has 31. Yep. Bull Bull has 23 on 10 of 11 shooting. Ooh. 
Ooh, early season bowl bowl, man. What a, what a time. And <laughs> the bench scores out of there's five guys or yeah, five guys that came off the bench in this game. The bench only contributes 13 points. You got right. Paolo with 33, Franz with 31, Wendell with 17, Bull with 23, and then Suggs has six. But those four guys in the starting lineup were really doing all of the work in this game. And like you said, with that three-point percentage that the Magic had, you didn't you didn't deserve to be in this game. Yeah. But because you have a tandem like Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner, you're in this game. And it was really one of the first games where I was like, this is the future. Like th- this is where like the possibility became very real. Where the the dream of what you think that your number one overall pick can be, it all comes to fruition and you actually feel like this is this is the duo that you can ride for a long time. Hundred percent. And before we get into your honorable mention, I'll say one more thing about this game. You yeah. talked about being early season. It was a glimpse for us into the Franz and Paolo duo, right? Yeah. Uh, another thing I remember from this game, and it's funny looking back now, was this was considered a terrible loss at the time, which technically it is. Like when you have those leads with that short amount of time right. left in the game, technically not a good loss. But in this in the span and the in the greater scheme of the NBA season at the time, we were like, oh man, lost to the Kings, man. Oh, the <laughs> Kings. And now look at the Sacramento Kings. That yeah. ended up being one of the best teams in basketball, one of the best offenses in basketball, yeah. and De'Aaron Fox. Honestly, this game is one of the games that contributed to him winning Clutch Player of the Year, whatever that new award is. You know, he, right. he was crazy in the end of fourth quarter and end of mm-hmm. overtime. So it's funny looking back on what we yeah. thought of that that point in the season. He at that point it made the Kings three and five on the season, right? So even more so, if you even like taking away the history of the Kings, their start to the season, rightfully so, we were very mad about that loss, yeah. especially being a team that was like two and seven. Yeah, already coming into that time, like you, that was not a game that you were could have lost being up by that many points. I, the other thing I do want to point out about this game, Kev, is the Magic. Yes, were abysmal from three. Seventy-eight points in the paint in this game. <laughs> yep, yep. That that is also going to be kind of the the outline, the prerequisite for a Magic win that was just outlined in that game for the rest of the season. Yep. Most of the time, if the Magic were scoring at a high volume in the paint, because we were so bad from the perimeter. It meant the game was close or the magic won the game. So in a game that, you know, you want to win, you have to do that. The magic scoring 78 points in the paint is outrageous. And uh, that's one other takeaway I have from that game. Yeah. Now, Kev, I want to get into my honorable mention. We were going through this and you, you start to forget about games, right? You're going through the season. You're like, Oh, I totally forgot about that game. And then you are able to drum up the memories the one that you don't need to be reminded of, um, because you'll always remember it probably, is Paolo Bancaro in his debut. Mm. Now, piggybacking off that, Kev, Rookie of the Year, it was announced that it'll be announced on Tuesday at Ooh. 7 p.m., um, which means Wednesday's episode will be a fun one where we can relive things. We're not getting Jonathan's side of his perspective on things this episode, obviously, so I'm sure he'll contribute we might revisit the Detroit game with Paolo and everything that he did and really set the tone for the season. But yeah, so that gets announced on Tuesday. So I did want to slide that in there, Kev. Wednesday or Thursday's episode will be basically just reliving Paolo moments from this season um, as we're kind of entering like the reflective state of episodes uh, right now, for at least for this week. So yeah, so keep your eyes out for that episode that we'll drop on Thursday talking about him. But... I still want to talk about this as an honorable mention. Absolutely. Paolo's debut, 27 points, nine rebounds, five assists, 11 of 18 from the field, and a poster dunk on Corey Joseph to go along with it, the cherry on top. It is it is very, very uncommon for a rookie to get their best poster of the year <laughs> in the first game. And it might be his yeah. best poster for a little while yeah like just rare that this happens and you see that happen you're like oh man okay this guy's a little different this guy and he said he said this i don't remember what podcast i might have been knuckleheads i don't remember but he talked about is the first time that a guy went to try to take a charge when he was going to the basket he had never had an opportunity on that and you kind of you kind of can tell because it was a very like 
not natural poster. Right. It just looks like he goes flying knee into Corey Joseph and it's a weird dunk altogether, but it's still a lot of fun. It's his first poster. You can't help but love it. And it's been everywhere. It's number one on magic top plays. According to like the magic, we all knew that was going to happen. I did want to add another thing about this game. Um, It was Palos besides one other game against Washington in March. It was the only game where he didn't take a single three. Hmm. And which is funny because the next game he shoots six and he goes on to shoot four a game. But I I think that it still speaks to the confidence that Paolo was able to uh, snowball, I guess, throughout the season. The fact that his debut, he doesn't take a three and yet he still scores 27 points. Yeah. Special. And that is exactly what we will always remember about that game, even though we lost. Yeah, hundred percent. A, a incredibly memorable debut. It's funny you mentioned that dunk. I was watching the Magic uh, top ten plays that the Magic actually released. Like you mentioned, I think it just came out this past week, or maybe it was the week before. But anyway, I remember watching that and seeing that they put this dunk as number one. And I remember thinking, like, it's it's kind of cool that it was that it was in the season over, but also kind of sad. Like we peaked on night one as far as top plays. <laughs> And then the, the next 81, it was all downhill from there. So I thought that was kind of funny. But, I mean, no mistaking it. That was an incredible play, an incredible night. I mean, who does that? And, and I don't want to steal from Thursday's show. Because like you said, Thursday's show, after Paolo officially wins Rookie of the Year on Tuesday night, Thursday's show, we're going to talk all about how yeah. incredible and historic Paolo's rookie season was. But, like, who goes out there and drops a casual 27 points on 11 of 18 shooting from two in your NBA debut. Like who does that? It's insane. It's insane. But what a game a night will definitely not forget. And it was a watch party night too, right? Mm -hmm. It was. was. was I wasn't there. I believe Jonathan was there. Yeah. So blame him. Uh, And then you end up losing that game just to a old, uh, good old beef. Isaiah Stewart, uh, Isaiah Stewart three there. Oh, the Isaiah Stewart three. I blocked that one out of my memory. Yeah, I you know at the time it was like what Isaiah Stewart doesn't shoot threes, but then he ends up shooting four a game this year, and Unreal. shoots almost thirty three percent. So average three point shooter, but he had not have that in his game, and he brought it out against the Magic. So at the worst possible time, yeah, that was zero fun. But yeah, like you said, Palo performance, what a debut, and definitely, definitely deserving of honorable mention. Uh, all right, let's get into our our five. Our five favorites from the season in no particular order. But again, these are favorite moments, favorite games, favorite wins. We cheated on one of them because it was two games and one, but we'll get to that. Um, again, no particular order. There's so many games we could have picked um, for this list that just didn't quite make it. But Luke and I got together. These are our five. And if you've got different games outside of these five that you want to mention, throw them in the comments if you're watching on YouTube. If you're if you're listening to this on podcast. Send it to us on Twitter, on on Instagram, whatever it might be. We'd love to hear from you. Kind of what were your favorite moments of the season? But I'll kick us off. A game that I was privileged to attend uh, was the home game against Golden State. Now, this game, when you come into a game like this, a home game against Golden State or a home game against any of the you know the top tier teams in the NBA. It, it, on one hand, you're excited, right? It's a great opportunity. This young Magic team, and this was early in the season. This was November 3rd. Young Magic team has a great opportunity against the defending champions and blah, blah, blah. But then the other half of you is like, oh, dang it. They're coming against Steph, <laughs> against Clay, and you just hope they can compete and make it close. And so, and then, of course, you know, in Orlando, there's going to be fans of the other team, especially a night like this, a bunch of middle scores there cheering on Steph Curry. You know how it goes. And so you come into this like with a little bit of apprehension, a little bit of excitement, and this game 100% delivered. Like it was an it was a great game, came down to the wire, and um, it, it ended up being the Jalen Sugg show. I mean, Jalen was fantastic all night long, but that fourth quarter was really, really special. Made some really special plays, and we'll show those here in a second. But uh, what a night for Jalen, which still is his career high, right? Twenty six for that night. Yes, I I believe it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, what a night for him. Paolo, 22 and 8 as well. Franz had 19. Wendell, 14. The bench was really strong. Chuma's best game of the year. 16 for Chuma. RJ with 15. And then old Kevon Harris came in and contributed <laughs> off the bench. This game was was a lot of fun. And like I said, we'll play the, the closing moments here in a second. We got a clip. But anything from this game that you particularly remember? I think 
looking back on it, it's kind of one of those like hindsight's 2020 moments where you look these last two, you know, your first two games basically, right? Like you, cause for the golden state game and then the Kings game as your honorable mention, mm-hmm. these games were back to back. Right. And, and how uh, the emotions that probably were running high in Amway Absolutely. on this night, obviously you were in the arena, the magic win this game, right? They win by one. And then two nights later, you you play against Sacramento and have that overtime game. Mm. So when you talk about kind of best games of the year, maybe that theme of peaking early for the Magic, you get that. You, yeah. you get these back-to-back, and you get to be on either side of emotional wins and losses early on in the season. Really, I think, helps this team moving forward, like looking forward into the future of the season where this team is learning to win. Obviously, you have the 5-20 and 20 start, but it's games like this against the Warriors and games like that against Sacramento that equally are as, are as great or, or sting as much as they did. You're able to learn something from it. And the Magic were able to learn something, and I learned something. I learned that this season would be a totally different season for Jalen Suggs than the year prior. His first year where we talk about his struggles, his inefficiencies, inability to contribute offensively turn the ball over and then you have a game like this where it's like Jalen really set the tone for what you could expect Jalen another spoiler alert shows up later in this list as the main focal point yeah so there's just so many things that Jalen did this season and it really makes you remember that when you when you think about this Jalen scores 11 of his final of his 26 points in the final five minutes of this game. Yep. Finishing with four steals, 26 points, nine assists. He was playing out of his mind. So yeah, I, I, I know you've got some clips here too, but uh, I, I personally, I, I can't wait to see him. Yeah. Playing out of his mind against the greatest shooter in the history of the sport too, you know, yeah. on both ends, on both ends. So this is what I want to show. I, w- I want to play this clip. This is a clip that not a lot of people have seen because this is one that I took from this game. And I just kind of got the wide view of the room, the whole mm-hmm. arena. This was a really fun moment. This was this was right after I'm trying to think this particular moment. I think Steph had hit a three right before it, if I'm not mistaken. And so the, where this clip picks up is where like the arena, like there's a minute left. Everyone starts standing. Jalen Suggs goes into his his move, actually loses the ball, and then with a little step back three, and then steals the ball, which was one of two steals at the in the very last minute that he had. This was the first one, so. Let's check out this clip from that night in November against Golden State. Unreal, dude. That place was unreal. And and remember, like this was November third. So this is not like late season playoff push. That place was was feeling it. It was on fire, and it was a really special moment. Like we said, Jalen coming against the best, you know, shooting point guard or shooter period in the history of the game gets this. Well, knocks down the three, gets the steal, and then later on in this in this game gets another steal that that sealed the game. He was just absolutely everywhere in a total menace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that one of my favorite moments too, looking back on it, is Jalen. You know, hits the three, gets the steal. There's a pause in the in the action essentially, and you see him and Mosley embrace. Yes, that like Jalen just puts his head like in Mosley's chest. Like he couldn't believe it, and he was so relieved that it played out the way that it did. But yeah, I'll just go another just kind of tip of the hat to Mosley and yeah. his building relationships with this team. And this was so early in the season; it just was so pivotal, I think, to the growth of the team. Definitely one of those games you can look back on and contribute to the success that would happen, you know, in the latter part of the year. Yeah, very very fun. All right, 
Luke, our next one, a little bit of a cheat. All right, we t- did a two for one. What's what's our what's our second on so our list here? Th- this is one that everybody will remember because it was one of the best. I think it was a weekend, if I yep. if I'm not mistaken. It was a Friday Sunday. Yeah. Yep, I, that sounds right. But we kick it off with a legal watch party at Cavos. I want to say it was at Cavos um, against Boston. December, Christmas, holiday spirits in the air. And it, this place experienced so many emotions that night. Your first game on December 16th, I, I remember thinking to myself, oh, this is going sideways. Boston starts out the game up 14 to 4. And the electricity that was in the building prior to tip and, and at tip completely was taken out of the building. There was not much happening. Nobody making anything, nobody saying anything. And if they were, it wasn't anything nice about the magic, about their own team. Um, but then the magic make a run and they end up winning the quarter 32 to 28. And kind of looking back and reflecting on this game, Cole Anthony in the final seconds of the first quarter sets all of this up. Cole Anthony has one of, if not his best pass of the season mm. where he kind of goes over his head while he's driving to the paint. He's in the paint over his head, flicks it to Paolo on the right wing. Paolo gives it to T Ross. Shout out T Ross mm. gives it to T Ross. T Ross gives it right back to Paolo and Paolo just steps right into his jumper, hits it as time expires. The magic win the first quarter, 32, 28. When I tell you, like I said, the emotions, the polar opposite emotions you experience in that quarter, the electricity at tip, the deflating feeling that when you're down 14 to four and then you end the quarter in that fashion, the place was going nuts. And I'm getting chills talking about it because mm-hmm. I remember that the energy in the room was palpable, like incredible. And then it gets even better from there somehow, right? Like you you look throughout this game and the, the great things that happened during it you have mo wagner who has his first like explosion of the season 9 of 12 25 points four rebounds franz wagner has 19 paolo has 20 cole anthony has 14 on great efficiency uh, aside from three and this is all with you getting lit up by jason tatum and jalen brown Mm. tatum and brown tatum has 31 brown has 26 and any time that that's the combination of points between those two guys, you normally can bet that your team probably lost the game. Yeah. And the Magic end up winning this game, 117 to 109. Yeah. Another, another fun fact from this game, if you guys remember, this was also the game where Al Horford got mm-hmm. uh, into it with Mo Wagner and got ejected. Remember, he mm-hmm. took a little, little shot to the, um, to the jewels, the jewels mm-hmm. of Mo Wagner. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we remember that, uh, which is now still getting people ejected in the NBA playoffs, funny enough, <laughs> James mm-hmm. Harded. And then what was the one that just happened yesterday? Wasn't Joel had a, a kick as well when he was on the ground. Yeah, but there's um, another one. Oh, then... Claxton. Claxton got ejected. That that was the other one mm-hmm. for, for the hit. So anyway, yeah, so you you hit a guy down um, You know where things are valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to get ejected. So anyway, that happened to Al Horford. Mo Wagner had a great game, got under Al Horford's skin. And uh, got Al Horford tossed, so that was fun. What I loved about coming into this this weekend, and I know we're going to talk about the second game of the weekend in a second, but what I loved about this was a couple of things. Number one, this was right this this was after the four game winning streak, right? So these two games in Boston ended up being the fifth and sixth games of the winning streak. But so the Magic are on this four game winning streak going into Boston, and we're like, is this is this real? Like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the team has started terribly, five and twenty. And you go into Boston, which at the time Boston was the best, had the best record in basketball. And so you're like, okay, this was fun, like cute little four game win streak. Okay, you're going to go into Boston, and then you know we, you'll get put in your place and everything. And then obviously we know what, what ended up happening. But even after the first one, even after the win on Friday, I remember most of us were like, whoa, what an amazing win! We got one in Boston. That's great. <laughs> Sunday we're going to get absolutely destroyed. But hey, we got one in Boston. We got a five game win streak. That's so much fun. So few people on planet Earth expected what would happen next. That game on Sunday, which was, well, what happened? Yeah. So in in that game, it was different, right? Like it was different because you could feel that Boston just wanted to win that game. 
Boston yep. did not want to lose their second in a row, and it showed. The final score of this one, Kev, was 95 to 92. Some good old early 2000s type scoring in this one. <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot going on uh, as, you know, from a, a you know, the total when you zoom out and look at the final score. But you did have Paolo Bancaro go for 31. Mm. The reason that this game was so unlikely is because heading into the week in the Magic were 1 and 11 on the road. One and eleven, so you definitely didn't expect them to figure things out against the Celtics. Even though, like you talk about, oh, you're on a four game win streak, but yes, now you have to go do it on the road. You haven't had to do that yet, especially when you're streaking. Yep, you're one and eleven. You go in, you win that game, you uh, improve to two and eleven, and then all of a sudden you beat the Celtics and you're three and eleven on the road. And the Magic would just kind of continue to get better. When it, when it came to playing on the road. But you had Paolo with that six for seven from three mm. was the biggest thing for me in that game. Yeah. It's, Just the way that he was able to hit at that clip. And it also is really good contrast to that first game against Detroit where he doesn't shoot a single three. Yeah. And just the growth and the confidence that he has that I talked about that you continue to see throughout the season. This was one of those games where he shoots seven threes, makes six of them. And scores 31 points and just kind of does everything well in this game and good enough for the Magic to to end up winning this game 95-92. Yeah, it, it was, I mean, I, I still his best game of the season as far as three-point shooting goes. Six or seven from three is insane. But yeah, you're right. It's, it's so interesting how different that was from opening night. But yeah, what a game. What a weekend in Boston. Definitely one that, you know, is, is something that all Magic fans will look on with fond memories after mm-hmm. again, literally just just less than two weeks earlier, five and twenty, season over, headed for you know you know top odds in the lottery again or something like that, and then within a span of a couple of weeks, that six game win streak turned things around and gave us some hope, not just for this season but hope for the future. And so this was another example of that that night in Boston. So uh, want to take a quick break from our top five to talk about. Uh, some of our top listeners, our patrons. There's some of the people that help financially support the show. They are awesome. Uh, and if you want to be part of the awesome group of patrons, you can go to patreon.com slash the six man show. We have several different tiers available for you to help financially support the show. Uh, and what we do on every single episode, we shout out our Hall of Fame and our elite tier patrons, which is exactly what I'm going to do right now. We're going to start with Maria, only Franz. Bobo is his first name. Uh, sorry, Bobo, his first name is his last name. Random Hustle, Austin Lampy, Irish Magic Mike, Phantom Wolf 72, Victor Cologne, Fuego Nando, Johnny B, Barry, mm, Jesse Soft Taco, Let's Spank Don't Take, Magic Kids 714, Ray Pastrana, R Improv 221, Himlo Ban Himro, Bulby the Don, Shahin 177, Free Donation, Half Rican, sorry, Half Rican. I forgot. I forgot we talked about that. Junior Barus. Gear 95 Shred, ESPN really shucks. ESPN really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Rothfuss, Chad 3045, Brandon Grace, Ty Mr. TV, Andy at Cannibalism, Caleb Pete, Destin for Greatness, Jose Esquilin, Edmund Lagone, Bill Fulton, Juan Geraldo, Fuchsia, Eric Lopez, Brian Leggins, Teddy Sylvia, Goaty 93, Nate Donnelly, Bobby Skinner, Dotto 15, Danimal, Drum, Eduardo Sanchez, Lil Penny, Mr. Mikey, Dylan Holden, Nostalgia and M&M's, Migzors, Pierre A, It's Not OKK to Say Okiki, Donkey Punch Dave, The Distract, Ryan Singh, Franz Goated for Show, Michael Salapong, Jamel Miller, Michael Martin, Wiffle, Bo Outlaw Fan, Gabe Gaines, Bailey, Cho Jub, Julio, Magic Player History, Normal, Jonathan Borges, Carson Tulo, Armin, Drew Gooden, and Court Cousins. Thank you so much to all of our patrons. And patrons, if you're listening to this, our next uh, Zoom call for our Hall of Fame and Elite Tier patrons is coming up this Thursday night. So, if you want to join us for that, you can also sign up, like I said, at patreon.com slash the six man show. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Luke, we continue on our list. What do we mm-hmm. have as our as our third on, on our list of our favorite games? Yeah, so this one is one that came late in the season for us, I believe in March. Yep. It was really, uh, I like to call it the Markel Fultz game. Mm. Markel Fultz loves playing in LA. And uh, Markel Fultz did his thing against the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, in this game, Kev, the Magic win... 113 to 108 and kind of like the the the, kind of the main thing about this game i we got to a point in the third quarter where i was like oh man i've seen this movie before yep the magic win the first two quarters by one each right so you have a two-point lead you're clinging to at half against the clippers and then the third quarter you put up just 17 points clippers outscore you by 10 and at that point you think uh, this one could definitely be over. The Magic go on to score 39 points in the fourth quarter, and a big part you owe that to Markel Fultz, who has a career-high 28 points in this game. He scores 12 of his 28 points in the final four minutes wow. and helps the Magic get the win at this point, right? He has a, a lay-in um, with like 30 seconds left in the game to ice the game. Franz hits a, a, a step back three pointer on the, the prior possession. Just everything in this game made you feel good about Markel Fultz, made you feel good about the kind of the state of this team. To be able to have a, a really bad quarter, one you cannot afford to have in that third quarter and still win this game. I mean, the Clippers, of course, didn't have Kawhi in this game, but they have Paul George. Um, and he has 30 points. And it, it really is all that they have in this game besides Zubots. And, you know, you have Russ doing his thing, 5 of 14 shooting, which shout out to Russ in the postseason. He's been doing his thing. That's fine. But he didn't do, his, didn't do his thing in, nope. in this game against the Magic. And the Magic were able to win this one. And it's just another one of those identity games for the Magic. And uh, Fultz with 28, Wendell with 27, Franz 20. It was, and this came in a game where you only got 12 out of Palo. Mm. You get 12 out of Palo in 36 minutes. Usually it's not good enough to win, but then you also had Cole off the bench, 18 points on 7 to 14. There was just a lot of great things that happened in this game. Obviously, the headline of this one is Markel Fultz with a career high 28 and 12 in the final, whatever, four or five minutes. Yeah, super fun game. I, I love this game for all the reasons that you just mentioned. I love it as a fan. You know, our show is by fans for fans. Like, we love Magic fans. And what I loved about this game was how many Magic fans were at this game and got to experience it, even though it was all the way on the other side of the country. We had our guy Manny was there. Let's see, Jonathan Zayner was there. Fuchsia. Fuchsia was there, one of our patrons as well. Uh, I think there was a couple others. But anyway, the fact that they were all down there, you know, some of them, Lower Bowl, even got to see this up close and personal. Just an incredible game. But you're right, Mark Kelfoltz going off, Wendell going off, Franz hitting the late bucket that essentially sealed it. It was a really fun game, and and especially like going to L.A., whether it's the Clippers or the Lakers right now, both teams are good. Go to L.A. in that environment, you know, formerly Staples, now Crypto.com or whatever it is. It's still a very special building with a lot of special memories. And to go in there, you know, brightest lights of all and to put up those kinds of performances is is really special. You know, anytime you go to New York or LA and put up games like that, it's really special. And not to mention this helped the magic sweep the season series. That's right. At two Oh, you mm-hmm. win the game back in December, one sixteen to one eleven in Orlando. So it's good. I mean, a team like the Clippers, who is a regular postseason attender and they have stars like Paul George and Kawhi and, and everybody else. 
it's a it's it's like a nice feather in the cap to to be able to say that you that you swept the season series against the Clippers. Yeah, and that other game could have very easily been on this list too. That was another yes. really really great game. That was a lot of fun. The one in Orlando. So yeah, mm-hmm. Magic win this this really fun one on the road in LA against the Clippers. <sighs> Let's move on to maybe I don't want to say it's Paolo's best performance because I don't think it it probably wasn't, but it was probably his best stretch of a few minutes. That mm-hmm. was just like holy smokes. This was the game in New Orleans. Uh, against the Pelicans. Uh, let's see, February 27th. That's when it was. Late February in New Orleans against the Pelicans. A game that was in the balance. A game against what ended up being a playoff team. Well, play-in team. Not playoff team. <laughs> play-in team. Uh, the Pelicans. And what a what a night for Paolo. Uh, again, during the first three quarters, he was all right. He was good. Solid. But that fourth quarter is when we were like, Holy smokes, who is this guy? Back to back to back, you know, short mid-range turnaround. You you take your pick. He was all over the place in the fourth quarter. A really special night for Paolo. Magic win 101 93. Um, what what do you remember about this game? Because I, I have a couple things I'll I'll share in a second that I definitely remember feeling. I had a lot of feelings in this game. Mm-hmm. What kind of feelings, memories do you have from this night in New Orleans? So taking you back to that Kings game where down the stretch you're seeing Paolo just step up mm. when the team needs him you have that game and you lose that game and i'm thinking to myself i remember thinking something like man that was a lot of fun i wish that we would have been able to win that game because i just don't know as a rookie if we're going to see Paolo take over a game at the end of the game like that you have Franz, you have Cole Anthony, who is, if he's in the game, you guarantee you he's going to have his hands on the ball. Just, you don't know if this opportunity is going to happen again. And I remember this game happening and being like, thank you. Thank you. I was, I, we got a Palo game where he is the closer, but not only is he the closer, but he closes and wins. Mm. And it's him. And then Ingram hits a pivotal shot. Palo is just doing his thing in this game. He, scores eight points in the final 340 of the game. And this is this was also for those of you who you know don't remember much like myself, honestly, like the the whole entirety of the game, this was a 50-50 game. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is turnover numbers were roughly the same. Efficiencies. All of these things were definitely up for grabs. This whole game was up for grabs. But the Magic put themselves in a great position winning the first quarter 36 to 25. And then they fall short in the second quarter and they score just 14 in that second quarter and they, you know, and the Pelicans score 24. So you didn't know after that, like how this game would shake out. And I'm just so happy that it ended with Paolo ball in his hands doing his thing. And you're able to walk out of there with that win. Yeah. What I loved about this is I remember David Steele, Jeff Turner, just in awe after mm-hmm. all these buckets during the fourth quarter. The first one, they're like, yeah, Paolo, cool. The second one, they're like, oh, the third one, they just lose their minds. <laughs> Again, cold-blooded or whatever David Steele said. But here's here's what I want to what I want to really go back and remember. This was this was the feelings that I felt on this night. You know, the feelings in the game, obviously very excited. You win the game. That's great. But bigger picture, this was at the end of February. If you remember that was Powell's worst offensive month of the season. That was when, mm. yes, everyone talks about he shot 3% from three, blah, 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 blah. What I loved about this game was he had this very rough stretch in February offensively. And there's all this noise. Oh, Paolo, rookie wall, Paolo, blah, Paolo. <laughs> and then he reminds you that he's him mm. with this, this performance. This was where he was like, hey, just a reminder, I'm still me. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to be rookie of the year. And it, again, it was just his his stamp on this game, his stamp on this season is like, hey, yeah, I struggled for a few weeks, but as a rookie, I can still go out and win a basketball game against a high-quality opponent with high-caliber players. Like you said, Brandon Ingram had a great game. I I am capable of this. And so I just remember that after this game was like, you know what? He's fine. We're fine. The future is bright, and this guy is an absolute stud. Yeah. Now, the next game I want to talk about 
is a young guy who, after this game, I said, he's an absolute stud as well. And that is the Chicago Bulls game that everybody, and I mean everybody, should remember mm. for different reasons. There, th- This game was in the balance. You're up 19 points in Chicago, and you blow it. And it gets to a point where, like, we're having a watch party here, and I, I it was at Ollie's, I believe. We're having the watch party, and you could just feel the energy shift when the Bulls basically, you know, we're, they just keep chipping away. They keep chipping away. They keep chipping away. After the Magic have a great first half, like, you you are you know you score 37, you outscore them by 13 in the first, you outscore them by one in the second, and you feel pretty good. I remember feeling pretty good. Even as a Magic fan who has burnt, been burnt time and time again, I still felt good about this game. And then the Magic go on to score only 21 points in the third and fourth quarter where the Bulls are, you know, like I said, continue to, to just chip away at that lead. And the Magic win this game and do it in, in a way that, that is going to be memorable for a very long time. And I do want to kind of roll into this clip Kev of what Jalen did with the game on the line and the chance to win it. And before we roll this, I do, mm-hmm. I do just have to set it up because unfortunately it was at the, at the cost of one of our beloved former magic players, Nikola Best Vucevic. Friend of the pod. Yep. Friend of the pod. Uh, so he is fouled and I don't remember how many seconds are left to be honest. It, it was, it was less than a shot clock. It was because there was a shot clock was off once we got the ball back. But uh, Vucevic is fouled uh, with a chance to ice the game. A couple free throws, put the game away. And not only does he miss one, but he misses both. It was it was one of those things where, as a Magic fan, I'm very excited. But deep down, I still love the guy, and I felt really <laughs> bad for him. I felt so bad. Because <laughs> Chicago is a ruthless place, and I know the Bulls fans were so angry. But yeah. then, no timeouts. This was the call on Valley Sports Florida as uh, Mr. David Steele and Mr. Jeff Turner uh, talk us through old Jalen's show in Chicago. No timeouts. He missed them both. Rebound OKK. Suggs. Cross court. Jalen for three. He throws it. Four seconds left. No timeouts for the Bulls. Magic lead by one. DeRozan, midcourt, hoisting. It's no good. And the Magic get the victory. How about this? Jalen Suggs thrills a three-point shot with four seconds to play. And Orlando gets the W in Chicago. Whew. Man. I, I'll just say, like, that was a great moment. But, man, if I could have, like, David Steele and Jeff Turner just like call my life like when I have big <laughs> moments like that you know like oh give me amped up let's go let's go yeah uh and Kevin turns off his alarm yes. Kapaya. Kapaya. um <laughs> uh yeah I listen the other thing I do remember about this game is obviously Jalen hits this shot but there's still time on the clock like there's still time, and I'm thinking to myself, I f- I just I just feel like this is gonna like we're gonna lose this game. Yeah, an an electric three, a game that you should not be in this position because you very much choked away the lead, and just it was anticipating a shot to win the game to go in. Um, even those DeRozan who isn't great from three, this was a forty three footer. Anything can happen. Yeah. And uh man, just a, a relief to win this game. And we also are able, Kevin, to take our listeners into Ollie's for mm. the reaction to the end of this game. Yeah. Crazy finish. Uh and if I'm not mistaken, this would this would have been about two weeks after that Kings game. So you talk yeah. about being burned. We had just mm-hmm. been burned two weeks earlier yeah. with De'Aaron Fox. Almost as far away as DeRozan. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't go. And then, as you said, watch party in Ollie's. 
place goes absolutely crazy, but don't take my word for it. Let's let's see what the reaction was like after the final buzzer sounded. What a bunch of magic maniacs. This is what I'm talking about when I say that you do not want to be the person who misses the magic watch party. The one thing I do remember is showing up to the watch party. I arrived slightly late because traffic was nuts, and I think this was a Friday night. And I remember walking in and being like, there's a good amount of people here, but this is not the normal turnout for our watch parties up to you know to that point right like but it's because the the team is not great right like you're four and eleven coming into this game there's not a ton of great energy about the team besides oh i get to watch paolo and franz play but that's what i remember is that like there wasn't a ton of people there and comparatively to what we got used to and what we've had in the past but it was still incredible and it was all incredible because of that final moment the energy wasn't awesome throughout the game but then it makes up for it when when jalen decides that he's going to be the man this is not long after the golden state game if i'm not mistaken either Mm -hmm. you talk about the king's game golden state game like jalen now is getting used to being the guy when it comes to clutch moments when the team needs him and just doing the right thing when his number's called, he's going to do it. He's not going to force anything. And it pays dividends in this situation. I just couldn't be happier for Jalen in that moment. And then, you know, you, you have the team sharing the clips and all that kind of stuff from the watch party, that video, I, I believe. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and just shows you how much they appreciate the fan base. So getting to do the watch party and get to see that happen, it just, that's a memory i'll remember forever as well yeah this is fun to go through basically go down memory lane think over the 82 games of the season think over some of our favorites uh some some of the really high moments and it's been great getting to go through all these you know not just tonight but over the course of the season with with you you know the listeners of the show the viewers of the show fellow diehard orlando magic fans so thank you for being a part of that with us thank you for coming out to all those watch parties like we said only mm-hmm. one loss on the season at watch parties that's true pr- pretty insane record around here we don't think it's coincidence maybe it is but here at the six man show we, we don't think that's coincidence at all so thank you for being a part of that thanks for being with us all season long it's been a, a super fun season the off season you know there's a lot of things coming up for us as a show for the team obviously really important off season but none other nothing more important i should say than you know, the NBA draft lottery, which is right around yep. the corner. Obviously, we do have the watch party. I will mention it one more time on May 16th, 7 p.m., downtown Orlando. It'll be a lot of fun. But to wrap up our show, we're going to wrap mm-hmm. it up as we always do this time of year with a little spin of the tankathon, Mr. Luke. Luke, you going to do the honors tonight? Yes, I, uh, I will. Absolutely. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the Magic, six best odds, essentially, slotted in that six spot. The Bulls at 11, but as we know, that will convey to the Magic. As long as the Bulls pick here, Kevin, doesn't land in the top four, yep. we're all right. So we want the Bulls to stay at 11 or even drop is is honestly fine with me. Um, and we want the Magic to move up or, or stay where they're at. We'd prefer a move up. So I, to wrap up the show here, am going to send the lottery. After all these feel-good moments that we discussed, Kevin, mm-hmm. I really think that we deserve... And just to match the energy of this episode, I'm scared. A, a great tankathon. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to click this button here. Three, two, one, and I can't make this up. The magic win the number one no overall way. pick. No they way. Jump five spots. And there is one thing that is a little bit of bad news, but we wouldn't care in this scenario. The Bulls get the fourth pick Whoa. in the draft. So Who are, who's number two and three? So number two is San Antonio. They jump one spot. Uh Um, Portland is three. They jump two spots. So, Mm. and which is interesting because 
Damian Lillard has made a comment here recently, I believe, talking about basically he doesn't want to build through the draft. Mm. So this is interesting because, and I think just Portland is interesting to me in general. If they were to move up and let's say the Magic had 6-11, and 11, I don't know. Maybe maybe you can uh, get Dame and the, the, the Blazers to have a little interest in, yes, a young player, but not a rookie. Right, and uh, and maybe you're able to to move up to wherever the Blazers are if this doesn't shake out this way. But the Magic at number one, I I, I couldn't script it any better, Kev. I told you I needed this to match the energy of the episode, the feel goodness, talking about our number one pick, Paolo Bancaro. Can you imagine pairing Paolo Bancaro with with Webinyama? No, because I, I I I can't. But I sure would love to see it. I I just can't imagine. Like, if you're even a slightly casual NBA fan, you know the media buzz that has been around this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, unlike we've ever seen before, especially for an international prospect. Never seen anything like it. Whatever team he lands on, whatever team gets that number one pick, I, I just cannot imagine the media swarm that is going to consume them all season long. It's going to be insane. All you've gotten to this point this year is NBA TV games against the Knicks. Uh, right. With number one pick, Palo You get flexed off of national TV, which I'm still mad about because freaking Chet Holmgren had to, Slenderman had to go and get hurt and ruin our chances <laughs> of, uh, of, of seeing the Magic play on TNT against OKC. You get flexed out of that spot. Not your fault at all. Um, and then you just play NBA TV games against the Knicks. I am sick and tired of NBA TV games mm. and people trying to tell me that's televised. Mm. That is not really televised, in my Doesn't opinion. Count. Not everybody has NBA TV. I don't have NBA TV. So I just watched on Bally. That night was no different for me. I want this game on TNT so that I can watch you know, Shaq and Chuck and the boys at least on pregame and halftime, because to be honest with you, I'm probably going to watch Bally Sports for the actual game coverage. But if you get Victor and you pair him alongside Paolo and Franz and everything else good this team has going for them, it's an, it creates a lot of interesting narrative there for the Magic and the future and what's this front office going to do? How do you handle that much talent? It's a great problem to have, but you're going to have to cut ties with some guys you really love. But you're going to get a lot of televised games Yep, and I ain't talking NBA TV. Mm-mm. You're going to go from having zero national coverage to being talked about all the time. Yep, and uh, yeah, I, I I would love for it to happen. It'd be a blessing and a curse for sure to get the number one overall pick. I I don't know what I would do with myself. To be I, I like I said, I literally can't imagine whether it's the Magic or anybody, whoever, especially if it's one of those bottom teams. You know, we're talking the. Houston's, the Charlotte's, San Antonio's, whoever that are whoever whoever gets that is going to go from zero to one hundred like that. It's going to be insane. Yeah. So, regardless of who the Magic draft or where the Magic draft, what I'm excited about, as much fun as this was, Luke, to go through and reminisce on the season, what I'm excited for is next year when we do this, we're going to be reminiscing on playoff games. I just know it. Like I, I have true. zero doubt in my mind, zero doubt after the way this team grew over the course of the season, as long as we're healthy. That's always the biggest thing with this team. If we're healthy, next year, when we go over our five favorite games of the year, we're going to have playoff games to talk about. And I'm just super excited about that. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a night and day difference, Kevin. And it's going to be a lot of fun to be able to do it. Yep. But this has also been a lot of fun, man. So any anything else before we uh, before we sign off for the day? No. Nope. I don't think so. Go Magic. Go Magic, man. Well, this was a lot of fun. Uh, again, We'll look forward to seeing you guys again on Thursday after we celebrate Paolo winning the Rookie of the Year. Again, that's going to be Sunday night at 7 p.m. on TNT. Hey, TNT's going to have to talk about us on Tuesday. How about that? It'll be interesting interesting to see who's on that broadcast. Um, if it's a Tuesday, it's probably going to be their full guys like Chuck and, and yeah. Kenny and all of them and Shaq. So regardless, someone on TNT is going to have to utter the words Orlando Magic on Tuesday. So definitely tune in for that. But then tune in for our show on Thursday, we'll drop our episode that's going to cover all things Palo, celebrating the Rookie of the Year. Um, it's going to be really exciting. But for all of us here at the Six Man Show, for Luke Sylvia, for the absent Jonathan Osborne, Jonathan, get, back, get better really soon. You guys have been listening to the Six Man Show. We will catch you guys next time. See ya.
Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.